Hi, thanks for watching Dermcast TV. It's Rob Cascao in Orlando, Florida with the SCPA for the Fall CME uh, Conference. Welcome again and to our colleague, Gina Fragioni, physician assistant in Seattle, Washington. Thanks for coming, Gina. Sure, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, it's great to have you as always. I sat through your lecture today, contracts and negotiations, and we're gonna talk about that today. This is a hot topic for our colleagues uh, uh, yes. and, and a very important one. You know, these, this, we are professionals. Contract negotiations are always a part of professional development. So you talked about a few things today. We're gonna sort of rehash those. Well, let me ask you, what is it about contracts negotiations? Is there something in your history, your background in which you, uh, that, that, that makes you an expert here that you wanna share with folks? I don't know that I'm an expert. I feel like I'm really passionate about it, just that I hope that others can learn from maybe some of the mistakes I've made. Um, I also think it's kind of an area where our PA education is significantly lacking. Most of us don't have business backgrounds, so um, it's kind probably of an area in where- in general, yeah, isn't that Yeah, the case? I mean, and a lot of us are, are employee or physicians probably maybe don't have a business background either. So um, I think it's something that, uh, you know, like I was saying earlier in my lecture today, at the last day of PA school, literally after our graduation, we were like signing papers to check out and be done. Uh, our program director sat down with us for 45 minutes and had a very cursory um, talk about, hey, you know, you're gonna go out there now and put this degree you just paid all this money for to work and here's some advice. And it was, you know, really very limited, so. It's really hard to transition into that position of having that, to make that kind of decision when sort of you're very focused, you're studying, right. there's one objective, yes. there's really one test you yeah. have to pass and it's the national certification. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden you're making these decisions, you're right. And I'll, I'll expound on uh, something you say that might encourage our colleagues. Physicians struggle with these these exact same problems. They hire people to contract right. their, uh, to negotiate their contracts, and uh, uh, it's it's as much of a problem for them in terms of getting what they want. They they really go through the same problem. Right. So there were a lot of things you touched on today, but I think one of the things that our colleagues really want to know is how do I approach my uh, employer, right. uh, my collaborating physician, um, and or both. How do I approach them about negotiating a contract or perhaps expressing discontent yeah. with a contract? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing uh, to learn, and I myself went through a situation uh, with this this summer, is that unless you communicate with them, they don't know. They're not mind readers. Um, so my advice would be to you know, request, depending on the type of relationship you have, if you're working in the same office and you see them every day, um, it could be as casual as just, you know, personally asking them, hey, you know, there's some things I'd like to address with you. Maybe we could set aside some time, maybe outside of the office or, you know, at the end of the day or at a time when they're not going to be otherwise distracted. This would not be a good time to just say, oh, hey, by the way, like between patients, try to, you know, grab them when they're when they're stressed out or otherwise, you know, thinking about other things. So um, whether it's email or just asking them, but my advice would definitely be set aside some time when they will be um, kind of, you'll have all of their attention. Um, so that you can talk about what you need and also make a list for yourself. So you have um, some things to kind of follow along, make sure you hit all your key points. That's a great point. So I'll, let me expound on that with one thing. If there's some potential resistance, whether it's passive or even vocally, to doing something like this, what's your advice to the PA professional to sort of reel them in to sit and have that conversation? Yeah, so, so I mean, it's interesting. I've never been in a situation where um, I've gotten resistance on that. My employer is very receptive to, you know, speaking with me and addressing this. Um, you know, I think you could also maybe go to a practice manager if you feel like they're more approachable, um, you know, because they're, they're also yeah. there for you as well. Um, you know, they want to make sure that employees' well-being is um, being taken care of. So um, I would say, you know, definitely go through 
through the uh, practice manager or, you know, maybe be more direct, um, you know, speak with them that, um, hey, you know, I really have some things I need to speak with you about. Um, I can give you, you know, maybe an agenda, even kind of give some bullet points because they might just be nervous not knowing what you want. Um, I think, and that's a great point because I think that employers get nervous about this process too. Like and they're human beings, they know that there is a negotiation, they don't know what you're gonna bring, but I think you make the great point to just do it in a professional manner. Um, you know that I, I'm an owner uh, of yes. a practice, and so I, I have some insight on this as an employer. I would say that a good way to go about it is to simply, if it's not scheduled for you, ask for a review, ask for mm -hmm. a yearly review. Because what that sounds like is, I want to hear, you want to impart to them, I want to hear what you have to say about my performance, right. and I'm going to give you some feedback of where I think I am in this practice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't sound like you're, you're asking for something, you're giving them the power to review what you're doing. And I think that that's something that works well. Yeah, I mean, I've always worked in very small, kind of casual settings. Like my doc and I share an office. Um, I can simply just turn to her and ask a simple question. Um, you know, it's where we work together several days throughout the week. So, um, you know, that's not the setup for everyone else. And like, we have a very informal system. We don't have yearly reviews. Um, I, I don't. So right. um, that's great, though, to ask for that. I think that would be, you know, and then that way, too, one of the questions I got after the lecture was, um, okay, well, I've negotiated this, now what? Like, when can I, we talk about this again? But maybe setting that up, just asking for like an annual review so it doesn't have to come as a surprise to those right. involved. Exactly, it's, it's putting on it. You mentioned many times in your lecture having specifics in the contract if you think they're important. I think that's one of those things. I think it's, it's, it can be very helpful for you, uh, not only as a professional in terms of your earnings, but your right. performance as a mm -hmm. professional to get feedback from your right. employer, your collaborating physician. So I think it's uh, useful to have them scheduled. Uh, right. Say, can we schedule reviews? I'd like feedback on my performance. And so I have an avenue to give you feedback right. as well. That, and to have it on paper, uh, I think it's very useful for both. I think too, it's great, because as a review, it might be, you know, I think sometimes Sometimes I feel like we only maybe hear from employers if it's like something we did wrong right. um, versus, you know, getting positive feedback, like all the, you know, great things you've done or things patients have said about you. So I think that would be, you know, a good way for those that employ physician assistants to just encourage and increase morale. Right. And how often do you think, you mentioned a yearly, uh, perhaps looking at some professional issues, what do you think is a good window in yeah. terms of, uh, uh, I'm employed on day zero, when is the next day that I should maybe sit with my employer and talk about those I things? I mean, I think it depends where you are in your career. Um, like, I've been at my current employer for 10 years, and I had six years of experience when I started. So, you know, I felt very comfortable with my current contract I had for five years. I didn't feel like it needed to be renegotiated or discussed. We just kind of set it on autopilot and it was fine. But if you're at the beginning of your career, you know, between year one and year three, there's probably a big increased trajectory of how busy you are, how much you're billing, how much revenue you're bringing in. So I think earlier on in your career, it might be worth doing it more often, um, maybe even more than once a year, especially your first year. That's great. Great advice. Let me ask you the one specific question. A lot of people ask, how much should I be earning? How much should I be asking? Do you have any quick bullet points on how we should evaluate ourselves mm -hmm. in a contract negotiation? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on where you practice. What is the cost of overhead? Are you in a fancy practice in Beverly Hills or Manhattan? Or are you in Iowa in an old rundown building where the physician has owned the building for years? All that comes into play. How busy are you? What kind of insurances you take? Um, you know, I actually learned something after my talk. One of the... Um, uh, 
attendees came up to me and was telling me that they had very detailed salary information that I actually didn't know that 